Welcome, everyone, to this episode of the 929 English Podcast. And welcome back, as always, to Rachel Sharansky Danziger. It's a treat to be able always to talk about the Parsha with you. And this week, the week of Hanukkah, we talk about the Parsha of Miketz. Now, we're talking about love in the Parsha. Rachel, this is a hard one because it's almost like all the love stories come together in a very unloving way. Yosef the, is now the viceroy over Egypt. The brothers appear before Yosef, not knowing that it's Yosef. Yosef, knowing that it's the brothers, asking for food. That is very much an unloving scene. You talked last week about the fact that when, when you talk about unequals like Adam and Chava, the minute there are unequals, it can't be a loving relationship. So where is the theme of love here? And how do we you know, kind of turn Miketz into our love story? It's a, it's, I just want to uh, point out that I wouldn't say exactly that the second there's inequality, love can't exist. It's just that it complicates it. It adds a darker shade. It adds possible pitfalls. Um, but that little disagreement aside, I agree with you. It, it's a hard parsha uh, to view um, as a love story. And yet it is a parsha where in a very, uh, in the rock bottom of this parsha, in a sense, what we see is what it takes to restore a loving relationship. We don't see a loving relationship yet, but we see what it takes to restore it. And we see it even in that very difficult, fraught moment when Yosef and the brothers meet for the first time. There he is, as you said, very much in a position of power over them. There they are coming, begging for food to save their own lives and their families' lives. There he is with the opportunity to either help them or avenge himself upon them or just ignore them. And he speaks to them harshly. And for a moment, it seems as if there's no hope for a rapprochement. There's no hope for love to blossom between these estranged factions of a family ever again. But hidden within this moment is a secret. And the secret lies in the words that the Tanakh tells us, when the Tanakh tells us that Yosef recognized the brothers and they didn't recognize him. Now, it seems simple enough, right? He is older than he was when he was a boy of 17 when they sold him. He is not in a place they would expect him to be. He's dressed as a viceroy. He is in a position of authority. Why would they expect him to be Yosef? Well, he sees them and they're probably still very much the same people dressed in the same garb, behaving in the same way. They have no reason to hide who they are. So why point out? that he recognizes them and they don't recognize him. Why, why is it even such a central theme here? Why is it not mentioned once, but twice, one verse after another? So Rashi gives an interesting answer. He says, yeah, on one level, we can say that just it's a simple fact that he looks different and they look the same. But maybe he says, it's really about compassion. Maybe the disparity that the verse is trying to draw our attention to is not the disparity of recognition, but rather the disparity of compassion. Namely, that when Yosef was in the brother's power, when he was in the pit begging them, he decided to sell him, 
they did not feel compassion for him. Whereas here, when he's in a position of power over them, he does feel compassion for them. This is an odd choice. Why would Rashi interpret it in this odd and kind of unnatural way and introduce the concept of compassion here? And I think the answer lies in what we see later. What we see later is that the brothers themselves, when they suffer, when they are in prison, talk among themselves and say, we are suffering because we didn't have compassion for a brother when he cried for help. In other words, they themselves recognize that compassion or its lack is somehow important to their story. And when Yosef hears it, they don't know he understands them, but he hears it, he goes away, he, he needs to go away, he meets a peck, he's holding himself until he can step aside and cry. And perhaps in those tears, we see the true power of compassion and why this is the bedrock from which we can start restore or build, really create a loving relationship between brothers because it's stronger than the mask. It's stronger than whatever apparel he's cast in. It's stronger than whatever plans he makes. It forces him to reveal a part of himself that's deeper and more personal than the public persona he presents. And this is really the power of compassion, that it breaks through barriers, that it's, it's more immediate than whatever it is we planned in our preconceived notions. On a rational level, Yosef has no reason to be kind to his brothers. Or he could be kind to them, but never reveal himself. He has no reason to seek reconciliation for them. But something emotional and deep within himself compels him to go beyond um, what he can do rationally or what he would like to do, perhaps, from a rational, planned, cold, calculating sort of way. And um, mm -hmm. Sorry, continue. And it's, it's especially interesting because I think Yosef really stands out in the stories of the Tanakh as a particularly controlled individual. He's very good at looking at a situation and planning how to use it for his advantage, how to ingratiate himself to the people, how to manipulate people. And yet not once but twice in our partial, we see him express that moment of being overcome. And that's the power of compassion. That's a, a fascinating explanation. It really kind of understands that, you know, a love relationship and, you know, obviously a love relationship between brothers is different than a love relationship between a father and a son and between a husband and a wife or a boyfriend and a girlfriend. So love means something else. And it's interesting that Rashi, in a sense, is a romantic. But I mean, you say that in a good way, meaning Rashi wants Yosef to feel compassion for the brothers. That's important for Yosef. It, sorry, that's important for Rashi, that the relationship, the love relationship, the brotherly relationship, at least vis-a-vis -vis Yosef, who knew who the brothers were, that never disappears. He, didn't, he doesn't want that to disappear. In a sense, he wants there to be a continuum in that relationship. It's not that the relationship disappeared and then they came back. The relationship was always there. I don't know. I'm not. I'm not sure we can read it this way or that way. It's. It's. Um, I'm not sure if it's a continuation of a relationship that was always there, or it's the foundation of a new relationship. 
but I think it makes sense. I think it makes sense that Rashi inserts compassion to this particular moment. And I think it also makes sense that he calls it recognition because what is it to feel compassion? It is to see someone else in their vulnerability and feel an immediate powerful response compels us to act. So I don't know what Yosef thought about the brothers before that. I don't know what dark thoughts swirled in his mind through his long and painful years of enslavement and, and uh, life in prison, even worse. We don't know. What we do know is that in that moment when he sees them, when they're in his power, what he feels is not the result of calculation, not the result of the public persona of the viceroy, but the result of something deep, deep within himself that recognizes something in them and responds. And this can really um, lead to a more calculated approach, to a plan on how to reach rapprochement, which it seems is what he does. It seems like he's manipulating events to bring them to a place of reconciliation. But without that, it wouldn't be as genuine. Without that, it wouldn't have an emotional foundation uh, really be rooted in and draw power from. It's fascinating. I look forward, Rachel, to continuing the conversation with you next week. Um, Want to wish everybody um, that you should enjoy this tremendous parasha, that you should have a happy Hanukkah, and we look forward to continue with you next week. Thank you, and Chag Sameach.